Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, Eric, he, him, his. I'm a fourth year bio major. Uh, welcome back to Fierce Cast for our second episode. Um, I'm going to pass it on to Joseph to introduce himself. All right. Hey, y'all. My name is uh, Joseph. I'm a second year pre-bio major. Pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm your second co-host today for Fierce Cast. And uh, uh, we'd like to welcome our esteemed guests. Oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Um, um, I'm Devin Tumulak, uh, he, him, his, I'm a second year uh, communication major, and I am KP's cultural chair. We have the famous DC Sings. I'm so excited. <laughs> you can start off the check-in question, Claire. All right, so check-in question. Hmm. What can we do? Hmm. What's a fictional character you would like to have a relationship with? Who wants to go first? Who wants to, who wants to tell us their childhood crush? Hmm. Oh, this may sound weird, bro. <laughs> I swear I'm not into this stuff, bro. <laughs> Unless, hey. does, does anyone want to take a crack at it first? Hold up, I got I to gotta really make sure that was like... Hmm. Do you have one, Doug? Um, yeah, I think I have like like two like, that came to mind like immediately. Okay. Um. She go from uh, Kim Possible, uh, like the green chick. She was got a, she was got uh, a point. Um, <laughs> like no reason, like what? Uh, true. true. <laughs> um, whom else, bro? Loki, like, like Wendy Wu, like really? Uh, I don't know. Wendy Wu is Wendy Wu. Not gonna lie, that's that's Brenda song. Yeah, yeah Brenda Song. Yeah. Okay. Homecoming Warrior. What about you? Okay. What about you? Oh. Hmm. Well, the first person that came up to mind, or first character I came up to mind, was Trixie Tang from Fairly Odd Parents. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but Loki, I was just like, oh. <laughs> She's kind of cute. <laughs> like Loki. Okay, okay. All right. Um, oh, I feel so bad. This is the first. I I now have two. This, I have I I have two characters now. This one's so bad. This is the this is the first thing that came to mind. You guys said like normal stuff. Oh, why did I, why did I say Lola Bunny from like? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> no, from Space Jam. I was like, she's kind of cute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look like such a like furry or whatever. Um, but the second person is like, uh, Gabriella probably from mm, High School Musical. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. All right. I'm <sighs> never gonna forget Lola Bunny. You know, dude. I I feel so weird because that's like the first like I don't know why because I because when when it said fictional character I was like cartoon character cartoon character I didn't I didn't even think of like fictional as in like like sitcom or like whatever. 
right. Let's just quickly move on. Um, all right. All right, Dev. Um, where are you from and where were you born? Um, well, I am from NorCal, uh, Fairfield. I don't rep Fairfield, by the way. Um, the 707 area. Um, when you say, like, where where I'm from, like, do you just mean the area? Or like... Mm-hmm. And, like, where were you born? Were you born in mm-hmm. um, Fairfield? Yes, I was um, on a on an Air Force base hospital. Okay. So, how was it like? What was it like? What was your childhood like living there? Um, I think it was it was kind of difficult growing up in that area. There were like other. Filipinos there mm-hmm. um but I I would say that like um there was like a pretty even split between like um Filipino people and like white people for example um sorry I think there's like someone leave, <laughs> leaves over there um it's so loud <laughs> Good yeah um I did have like a like a smaller community that I was able to like connect with, which was really cool. Um, but I definitely remember growing up that like my experience of being Filipino felt like very odd in comparison to like a lot of my friends, um, especially when I was younger. Like they're mostly um, white. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I did live in like a different sort of neighborhood before that was predominantly white and then I moved to one that was a little more diverse in terms of um, my neighbors ethnicities um but yeah um I think my parents also felt it too like the pressure to like um kind of like assimilate to our surroundings just mm-hmm. in order to like survive I guess you'd say no, I feel that well, how about school how's that <clears throat> growing up in an area like that um again I really tried to kind of keep to my communities of other people who shared similar experiences growing up that maybe that I had um but I think um there was that was the point in time when I started to formulate sort of my political identity um, was because I began to see obvious disparities between um, some of my friends and say like some of my white classmates, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely in the area of Fairfield, you kind of see how like the education system within the high school system is super stratified. Um, <laughs> especially like some of the neighboring high schools the way that their system is structured with like the cp classes being like mostly african-american and like mexican students versus like the the ib kids being exclusively pretty much asian and white it was it was definitely like like that kind of dawned on me how much like i kind of fit in 
I tried to fit myself into this model of like being a social climber in the microcosm of high school. Um, now that you mentioned high school, like, were there uh, a lot of other Asian Americans or Filipino students in your high school? And what was, what was, like, give me like a short, like, summary of like your high school experience. Like, what was it like? Were there any memorable moments that you can think of? And like, what type of student you were? Um, <laughs> it's the perfect time to host a podcast. <laughs> so, um, high school, yeah. <laughs> um, it was a really difficult time in my life, I would say. Um, I really actually did not like high school very much. Um, to be fair, there was a lot of things that like I was having to juggle collectively with school like I had I gotten a job um when I was about like 15 and I worked all the way through high school so I was pretty much working like almost 20 hours a week and then on top of that I had school and on top of that I had band I was like a huge, huge band kid. Band was like my life. Um, there were actually a lot of like uh, other Asian American kids um, at where I went to high school at Vanden. Um, and I think so, like most of my friends actually tended to be other Asians. Mm. Um, a lot of them were Filipino as well. There were a lot of Filipino people there. Mm-hmm. So I think that gave me like a sense of comfort that I didn't have to like explain things like some aspects of culture or like I pulled out food and like they got excited things like that mm-hmm. instead of I don't know maybe the other sense of it where they were like um but yeah it was really difficult um I was also struggling with some things in my home life and I think like with with all of those things i was just so pressed to like get out mm-hmm. um but yeah okay um so with like because in the previous podcast we were talking about like our struggles in like high school or like growing up of like it was hard to like when we were growing up it was hard to we I had I think I had the most trouble with like mean at least me and Queric's perspective, like our culture and like how it is perceived by other people and like because you were you were saying like oh like you know you didn't have too much of a trouble like you know if you pull out some like Filipino food or whatever your friends would be like oh my, like excited and then us would be like people would look at us and like what the fuck is that like what is that but so going back to that like why was it such a hard time for you if if you don't want to dive into it too much you don't have to but because that was like our main like kind of like struggle in high school and high school was like for me it was like it was okay it was like it, it, it was just like all right it's time to move on but 
you said it was being a like a difficult time. So if you want to like dive into that a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like I I definitely felt the experience of like being othered more when I was in like elementary school mm-hmm. um because I think sometime around middle school to high school people started to formulate the idea of like what is racism and what mm-hmm. does it look like mm-hmm. um when I was in elementary school I did have like a lot of those experiences of like oh like do you eat dog and like mm-hmm. people would just like ask me that you know which is like I don't know <laughs> what kind of asinine parents are teaching their kids these stupid things. When I was in high school, I think my biggest struggle was coping with um, having a both a Filipino American identity while also existing in my queer trans identity. I felt like entirely that those things were a dichotomy, like they could not be one and the same. I wasn't really exposed to the idea of intersectionality until I was um, in college. And so I, I think, especially living in my household where my parents were very, very Catholic, um, I never felt like I could be both. Like I couldn't be their child and I couldn't be this queer trans person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had spent so long trying to figure out like, who am I? That was like probably my biggest struggle of high school was trying to figure out, okay, like how, how can I feel comfortable? Um, and so it kind of it kind of took a lot out of me, I would say. Like I didn't come out as trans until like my sophomore year. Whereas like most people knew me probably in like the, the middle school, like a little bit of elementary school range to like like girls, but um, I I think I just repressed all of that because mm. I don't know I feel like being trans is it's not something that you can ignore, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that like being queer is also something that you can ignore, but it's like being trans is like a physical reminder every single day that like this person is not what you expect them to be and so I think defeating their expectations and the way that they would kind of like devalue me because of my identity like that was really really painful and so it was it was really really rough between me and my parents for a really long time they actually like kind of cut me off um during my senior year, like when I cut my hair, which was, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to like support myself for the first time in my life, which is something that I never had to do. Um, but I think that's why like college is so important to me. Cause like I get to be me and like, I know how to support myself now. And it's like really beautiful experience to have community and place where I can be me and feel safe. So, you know, back to your whole relationship with your parents. Uh, I know you told us that it was pretty rough, but has anything changed specifically since then? Um, has there been any like progress, I guess, in, in terms of like, um, what do you call that? Fixing your relationship again? Um, I would 
say like in a way yes like mm -hmm. we we are finding commonalities now or like i'm sort of like just being a part of this club has helped me to bridge the the, the gap a little bit mm -hmm. um like hanging out with my line has taught me like i mean my mom always like spoke Tagalog in the house and like so did my dad um but like they they were kind of like forced into trying to teach me exclusively english because um in in when they put me in school they said that they shouldn't teach me Tagalog because it'll confuse me but um now that i'm starting to learn Tagalog again and like pick it up um i feel like i can communicate with my family in a way that is most comfortable to them um and i think they appreciate that like i am trying to understand them um and i know like a that science that seems like a little weird like like why would you try and understand someone that hurts you but like I think it's important to recognize that we as Phil Ams, like we come from a much different space of like being able to think about these things and our like emotions, like the, the obstacles that we tackle every day are much, much different and less of an immediate threat. So I think it just takes some learning on both ends, but it also starts like with me, you know, if I have this place of like, I know how to unpack my emotions, then I have to, I guess, walk them through that path, like mm. even just a little stuff. I think that's a good point, like learning from both sides. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I've learned uh, throughout my life is that it's very dangerous to tell and believe a story from like a one-sided point of view. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when there's only one uh one side to it, it it it's up for manipulation and it's up for like you know different understanding and it, it can be something that's very dangerous and i think what i've learned the most is that like there's a lot of sides to a story so like you said it takes a lot of understanding from both sides even multiple sides if that's the case you know yeah that's a very good point and like you sharing like like your experiences of like how hard it is like but it was with your parents having a difficult relationship like I have like a similar thing I'm not saying like what you went through is like similar to mine because it never is like I like I fucking like I admire you like how much you've like grown and like you've like you know like supported yourself through all those like difficult times and like it just reminds me of like I don't know, like, right now, like, as, like, especially when I'm growing up, I'm having, like, more arguments with my parents, and, like, and, and sometimes it's, like, just something I see, like, how they think sometimes, and I think it comes back to, like, like, an old school generational, like, mentality of, like, just, like, a, just, like, a, a, a gap that you need a bridge, and it, it, it's so draining sometimes trying to be that bridge, of like, I have to be the one, like, cause it struck a chord with me when you're like, you said like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with like unpacking my emotions and like, you know, like evaluating myself. But sometimes I feel like, like 
wait, is that it's so hard for them? And like, you're the one that's supposed to like reach out more, even though you're the one like getting like clobbered. And it's like, it just seems like so unfair and hard, but it's something like you just have to like do. And I, and I wish there was a way where it like, you didn't have to, because it's just like, like I said, it's just very draining. It just makes like, things so much simple like you add more things that you add more of a burden to yourself to like to be this way after like these people have like you know hurt you or whatever and like made life so much more difficult than it needed to be but I really commend you for like you know like kind of like realizing that and like being like not necessarily okay with it but like you're you accept like okay I need to be the one to make the kind of like the step to like you know kind of like connect everything so like so and it also shows like how much family is important to you that despite everything you're still trying to like you know reconnect and like just be a family again you know i really like fuck with that i really like that Um, all right um going back to high school um what was the college process like for you? And what's one thing you wish you would have done more or done differently in high school looking back? This could be in terms of like college, the college process, or just like anything in high school. Um, honestly, the process of college was very hectic. I was like, obviously really excited. Um, but I kind of was a little unsure of what I wanted to do. <laughs> Just the leaf floors. <laughs> um, anyways, thank you, Eric. Um, yeah, I actually, I wanted to go into bioengineering, mm-hmm. um, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied to a lot of schools that had pretty good, like, bioengineering programs. Um, UCSB was kind of just, like, a random one, actually. Um, I wasn't going to apply but um, I kind of decided it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was really stressed out. I remember like at work, I would be closing. So like, if you, like let me um, imagine my schedule uh-huh. for you. So almost like, I want to say five uh, out of seven days of the week, uh-huh. I would be working. If it was a school day, I would leave band as soon as the bell rang and then my brother would pick me up and then he would take me to work and I would close. And closing on a weekday would probably end sometime around 10. And so I'd come home, I'd do my homework till like midnight, one o'clock, sleep again, then I'd have drumline the next day. And it would be like more of the same sort of cycle, just every single day, no breaks. Um, It was really awful. (laughs) I had no time for myself. Um, um, what time was, um, what time did you get up after, like, you did your homework to, like, go this, um, to school? Like, 6 a.m. Five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're superhuman, bro. Like, I mean, I, I, there's, I know, like, I, I, like, you're not just the only superhuman, because there's, like, a lot of people that can, that has, I know that has done that, and it's, like, boggles my mind because I'm like holy shit like I I I'm just like speechless like 
Like, you know what's crazy? Like, in high school, we used to do that. Just wake up at, like, 6 in the morning and, like, go to cl- go to school that started around, like, what, 7, 7.30? Yeah. That's crazy. And now we're here in college. ADM's like, oh, should I skip? And then you end so up skipping low-key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah, my bad. Um. Uh, Anyway, college. Well, now we're on the top of a college. Like, how was first year for you? I don't think I've ever got to ask you about that ever, honestly, like since I first met you. How was college for you? Like the very start of it? Um, it was really exciting. Like I I remember how much I felt like surrounded by such like love and friendship from people, like right off the bat too. You know, like, um, I remember, I mean, I feel like first year is marked so much by, like, KP. I remember, like, in the beginning when I walked into the space and seeing that there was, like, mostly white people here. Because, like, at least when I was in school, it was a little bit more diverse. But, like, here, it's so predominantly white. And I, I couldn't even see, like, one brown person, like, walking down the street. I was scared. Um and then I found KP kind of just like on a whim. Actually, that's a lie. I knew Nathan Abiera from high school. And then I showed up at Carrie Ann's house and that was the first day I ever met Carrie Ann. Um, and she was like, you should go to Mabuhai. And then I went to Mabuhai and then I met some incredible people. I met this community and it was just like a whirlwind after that. like. I suddenly had like all of these friends and people I knew and everyone was willing to talk to me. I finally like felt like a part of something. I think that was what I was missing so much in high school because even my friend group of other Filipino American kids, like I kind of felt excluded or like I was the odd one out that my personality like didn't match them. But in this org, it's kind of like uniqueness is embraced so much and there's like someone for everyone. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I, I met like some of my best friends here. I met my housemate who is sleeping right now. Hold on, I'm gonna, be a, I'm gonna sneeze. Okay, sorry. I don't think it picked up anyway, you're good. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a core intern um which which was honestly kind of stressful sometimes (laughs) low-key um but it was still super cool I think that was like I don't know it really dawned on me that like student leadership is such like a powerful thing Mm. and I got really close to Amber as well I think that was like one of my favorite parts too I love that Amber yeah right Uh uh-huh shout out to our coach here yeah, shout out, bro. She's the one that's like, I she she kept telling me because I had to like do like, uh, what do you call it? One on one with her earlier on. We, we, we were just it was so awkward because I was like, she's the political chair. I don't know what to say to her, and like, and then later on, we were, what do you call it? We started talking more, and then like, she was like, just she's just so cool, like. It's all so, so like welcoming and like when you talk to her, she like she likes to say this, like she meets you where you're at. And like she likes to say that a lot. And I really like that part of her. Um 
what's it like being in your major for anyone those who's like considering being a comm major how's it like um well i'm still taking lower divs because mm-hmm. i am a second year mm-hmm. um I guess the way that I would describe calm is it's a lot of um, kind of like theoretical analysis of like real things. Mm-hmm. Like you never like, I think like now, like when I see an ad on TV and I'm like, okay, who's the audience? Who's this marketing to, right? I can, I can look at statistics and be like, okay, what is the way that they phrase this statistic, right? Mm-hmm. Because if they say, that 20% of women um, have cheated on their husband. Okay, but how did they survey them? What percentage of the population is that? Is that an accurate representation of it? And so it, it just allows me to question like some of the things that we normally just like passively absorb, mm-hmm. whether it be like through the media, through television, whatever it be. Um, and yeah, and I think a lot of it also is like helping me be a better writer, which is what I would like to do in the future. I'm hoping to get a journalism minor, probably get into the journalism minor probably next year. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, when you said that, it kind of like brought something back to me. It's like, you ever realize that you start doing things like out of nowhere, like that are based on your major, like you start applying things that you learn like like just at random times I don't know I just felt that was like not like weird but also like pretty satisfying knowing that like you have that like type of information you know so like I thought that was pretty cool I mean I do do that sometimes too but not like how you think about it like theoretically but like just thinking about it's like oh that's interesting you know um so yeah college oh we love college I'm, like, <laughs> I'm a fourth year. Anyway, um, major. Well, what about KP? How? What? I know you've talked a lot about KP, but you know, you want to dive more, uh, dive more into it. Yeah, like how, how it was how how it is to be in the club, <laughs> how it is to be a student leader. Like specifically, like what what do you think makes KP different? Why is it so special? What draws you back in to KP? I think the beautiful thing about KP is that there is always something to explore. Whether you are a general member and you're new, whether you're someone who's returning and whether you're a student leader, like any perspective that you come from if you come into this community you you are bound to be like understood by someone you are bound to be taught something by someone whether it be like emotionally or intellectually like the sharing of knowledge is so immense in this community i feel like um yeah, I think that's just like, for me, like the the idea of like attaining more knowledge or to be like emotional or like actual intellectuals, um, that like really allures me. I just love like learning things, but like also the community aspect, the fact that we are so willing to help each other, like 
and everyone is friends with everyone or like you know virtually <laughs> <laughs> but like no one's like going to come up to you and like be nasty to your face you know what i mean i am the joke um, <laughs> you could tell him though i'm kidding all right um are you going have you had any more to say um everyone is is very kind and welcoming even like to new people as well um i don't know how it was in previous years but that was just like my personal experience with like i was able to meet so many people and they had such unique personalities and like you know, when people like say hi to you at GM, like it's like 20 people that are just like, hey. Yeah. No, <laughs> that feeling I, is just- I definitely felt that. Like, I, I, I get what you mean. You know, like you suddenly had all these like people that you knew and like were friends with. Like, like you said, they're all different and like unique in their personalities. But it was like, these all just became my friends over like a couple of like days. And like, they just talked to you. They were just like all the same quality of like being like kind and like especially welcoming like being from out of state i'm like wow these guys are like like they 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 really are like you know they like works like they not not working hard but like they really make you feel like you're you know they're embracing you like they're welcoming to your community and like you feel like you know like you said really a part of something big and like something better but yeah yeah um my our next question is what's it like being a student leader how is it in how is your position in core if you want to explain to people or like high school students like what's the workload like what's burnout what keeps you stay motivated and like balance aspects of your life um i'm gonna be honest um it's very early in my term and i think like a lot of things i'm still trying to figure out and that's what like kind of comes down to when you're a student leader is like how can i be most effective in all possible contexts of my life right so for me like sometimes i tend to put my being a a leader in this community before being a student at UCSB, which is really not what you're supposed to do. Um, I think my reasoning behind it is just because I I just love community work. Um, And I love the things that I get to do as cultural chair in this org. Um, I feel like my experience as cultural chair is so unique in comparison to like a lot of other people's positions um i I, it's just so fulfilling because it not only like i'm not only helping other people to learn new things but i'm also teaching myself new things i'm having new conversations with people about very i don't know i wouldn't say nuance it's more like like things we don't recognize as like cyclical ideas within our culture you know you know kind of put down um but yeah I guess I would say the biggest thing is um know how to manage your time know how to stay organized wake up early 
wake up early, <laughs> wake up early. Um, these are dear lifesavers. Uh, when, when I was in a podcast, he was just listen. He was just like pointing to a yerba. <laughs> on spot. <laughs> on spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Listen to yourself intuitively. That's like a huge thing. Cause like if you're not in a space to do work, even like, unless obviously like it's something. I mean, actually, the thing about school is like, I, even if you're in a place where you physically, can, emotionally cannot do something, your professors will understand that. Your professors will be much more understanding of you than you think they will be. Um, I mean, maybe it's easier for me to say because I'm a non-STEM major, but um, I've I've learned that like being upfront about like some of the things that I'm going through to like my like like professionals like they they're also human beings and they're gonna understand you either way. So like you are a human being first before you're even a student. The hierarchy is human student leader, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just gotta, you gotta remember that your personal mental health comes first. Um, you know, practice self-care. Rest is a part of resistance. Poetic, poetic. <laughs> I agree, I agree with everything that you've said. And especially the waking up part, like now, like when I'm like in quarantine, like I realize when I wake up like so late, I'm like, God, like I wasted so much of my day, and like, so, and I, so I'm like, I, I can go out and do anything, but it's like, uh, I wish I would like woke up earlier and just like study for a bit and like space everything out more, even so I could like take rest and like take breaks and just like not have to like to be like a capitalist cog for this freaking society. But yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't make this about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can, but no. <laughs> not yet, not it's yet. There. It's the it's the Kasama coming up. Shout out Anakbayan. Um go ahead. Yeah, so um to build off of that, I guess like we can like go into a more holistic view of things and just talk about like what does being Filipinx mean to you? I know it's a very uh broad question, but I'm sure like you have Hitting you with the deep questions. <laughs> and then like some other questions that might help you formulate an answer or just like as like just like for you to like answer or just to help you, yeah, formulate an uh, answer. How do you how do you feel about your cultural identity and how like how did you feel about it and how do you feel about it now? And you ever struggle with it? I know you mentioned that before. And or like what things have you learned or have done to understand your cultural identity more? Um there was definitely like a period of time where I pushed myself away from the idea of being Filipino. Like um especially living before as like a child in a primarily like white neighborhood, I guess you'd say. Um, 
it obviously the demographics change more in high school, but um, I think I really tried to fit into the mold um, and that erased away, sorry, it, it erased some of my cultural identity and I felt inclined to erase it. Um, and then like when I was in high school, it started to turn into something different. And it was more like, am I Filipino enough? Um, because at that time, like I understood the Galug, but I, I couldn't speak it. You know, I would go to like family parties and they would be like kind of disappointed that like I wasn't, you know, I didn't know how to cook my mom's food yet. Or mm -hmm. like, um, I didn't know how to speak the Galug and talk to them in the language that was most comfortable. And so, my family in the Philippines, I hadn't talked to them for many, many years because I wasn't able to because they don't, they have a hard time speaking English. Um, and so that was like a, a huge sense of guilt for me. It almost like bled into first year, but I think the difference was in my exploration of culture, I think my line was actually really huge in that. Um, they, they helped me so much. Um, because like coming from their perspectives, both of them being like from the Philippines, um, it it made me feel like, okay, like these people will allow me to make mistakes and allow me to explore this. It was that also coupled with my own explorations, especially over the summer before my core year. I spent pretty much the entire time trying to soak in as much information as I possibly could. Um, in, in terms of like what I did, it was first off like outsourcing. Mm -hmm. So I talked to like a ton of alumni. Um, I like hit up some academics and professionals on like LinkedIn and like met up with people who were familiar with like Filipino history, Philippine history, the difference between those two. Um, sorry, Filipino American history versus Philippine history. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most, one of the most important things I've learned is that there is no such thing as being Filipino enough because the Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex experience is not universal. It is not a monolith. There is so much nuance and complexity because you have the idea of intersectionality that plays into identity as well. You're not just exclusively Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex or Filipino ex-American, right? Um, you know, how do people um, that don't identify as Filipino, but reside in the Philippines feel about being labeled as Filipino? You know, like um, like IPs, the indigenous populations that reside in the Philippines, their first identity is not being Filipino. It is their national identity, their own independent nation outside of the Philippines. And what about multi-ethnic Filipinos? Like where do they fit into the narrative, right? It's, it's a constant question of like, how are we approaching culture? How are we treating culture as this single experience? How is that harmful in certain ways? How can we fix it? we have a community, we give people the space to be able to talk about their experiences. And that's kind of what I've realized culture is. KP has a culture, right? And part of 
the culture of KP is the sharing of ideas and the sharing of experience. The like the, the times that we discuss our own lives, that is that is a culture that we create of vulnerability, of strength, of resilience, of mutual respect and care. And that is huge, you know? Mm-hmm. We take pieces of what we've known and then we make something new out of it. And that's like the beauty of, you know, how culture grows and flourishes, especially like in a community like this, I think. That was so well spoken, bro. Like I, I was like, you're like a professor, bro. I was like learning, and I was like, okay, okay, keep going, keep going. And like, his like the the one thing I like I no one can see this, but like I thumbs up as like when you said um, you like the people always, like the thing where people feel like oh I'm not Filipino enough or whatever. Like I resonate with that a lot because and I talk about us like a lot too during like. Like, especially during my core intern interview. And it was like, because my girlfriend, she's like Phil Am. She was born here and stuff. And like, she does everything she can to like, you know, immerse herself in like Filipino culture and like, you know, be a part of like orgs and just to like learn more and also teach people more about the culture. And, but she's always having this constant like battle within herself that like, I'm not Filipino enough. Cause like, you know, there, there'll be like some titas who, don't have any some sort of boundaries or whatever and be like oh you don't know Tagalog or whatever I'm just kind of like just like look down on you and I I, I, it hasn't happened to me because I'm born in the Philippines and like I speak the language and stuff but like I've seen it happen to so many of my friends who were like born here or just don't know how to speak and it's immediately like oh she's like she's like American like they kind of look down on it I mean some people also like look up on American like that colonial mentality but like for some it's like oh you don't know like Tagalog and stuff and like I and I just feel for her because I see her like working hard and I know other people do like work really working hard to like you know immerse yourself in the culture and like learn more about it and like learn the language too even and it just sucks because it they all they see them like because of these people they kind of like they don't, f- they feel, they feel isolated. They feel like, you know, they're not this thing that they supposed to ascribe to, which is like, I don't know. I really, f- I just really, f- I feel passionate about that because of course I'm my girlfriend, but I just know a lot of people too that just feel that way of like, you know, I'm not Filipino enough. And I want to like, that that message is like that you said and, and all that, like the explanation is like, so great for I hope for people to hear that because you know there's no such thing as being like Filipino enough you all our cultures like it'll just grow and flourish and like all your experiences together will just mesh and mm-hmm. yeah you know, that's a good point Absolutely. just to like build off of that just you know I think that's very prevalent like the not feeling Filipino enough is very prevalent even in our, in our own club like when people come into KP, you know, they like, of course they feel comfortable being around everyone, you know, but then like, once it gets down to like learning about the culture itself and like diving even deeper than just like what has been learned, like people start to get a little intimidated feeling like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then like, they kind of beat themselves up a little bit 
I, I mean, I've, I've talked to some people about it and it's like, I feel bad. And it's like, they like they feel like they haven't learned enough but also it's like it's a learning experience you know i tell i tell everyone a lot that like it's always constant learning like we're the three of us right now we're all still learning from one another we're bouncing off ideas one another it's, it's a constant uh, learning process and i think when people like you know i guess like denounce themselves in a way and tell themselves like oh i don't think i'm like filipino enough to be in this club or like i don't think i know enough and it's like it's like that that's no reason to not be in this club i think it's more of a, it's it's a better reason for you to like keep learning and to keep like you know retaining those things that like you've learned from other people because like like dev said there's so much stuff to learn from one another in this club like it is it's truly insane how much like you can learn especially like what i'd say probably like within a week like you probably learn more in a week than you can in like some history class at UCSB in like in a course of 10 weeks. Like it's, it's, it's fulfilling, a little stressful, but then again, like you learn a lot, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, just to bounce off of that, like, you know, the knowledge that you have, Dev, um, what career path do you plan on uh, pursuing? I know you've touched on, uh, touched in about it a little bit. So, if you want to elaborate on that, feel free. Um, I would like to go into journalism. That is something that I, I've always kind of been drawn to. Like writing is what comforts me. I really like, like um, I really appreciate like investigative journalism, if you will. Like, like think Vice News, because I feel that I am a person when I'm when I'm trying to understand someone, and like, like, oftentimes journalism can be like more exploitative than rather about like the connections that you make between people, and it doesn't necessarily have to be journalism either. I just want to be able to write proficiently, um, something that involves some sort of like intercultural communicative discipline, is something that I'm interested in. Because, you know, it's so hard for us to like bridge these gaps between like, um, you know, very opposite ends, I guess you would say of the world. Um, like I was gonna apply for this internship of like this um, English app for Tagalog speakers mm -hmm. in like the LA area, which like, oh, I wish I had applied. Um, just like things like that, things that make it more accessible for you know people that aren't born here to be able to have like I want to be a part of like what makes that experience of transitioning to a society like this easier um I want to be able to make connections with people I want to be able to get to know people um I would say like I'm a people person I think like whenever I watch Vice, one of the things that always like really strikes me is like, um, I'll, like there are some interviews that just go to a place and then they'll just talk to the people, right? But some people like actually like will show that they like care, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They'll be like, how are you doing today? Like, what have you done today? Can you explain to me how that made you feel? And like that, that takes like a different level 
I guess you would say into it because you're not exploiting them for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You're going there because you're trying to understand them. Mm -hmm. And that is completely different. <clears throat> but you also have to give back to those communities as well. I agree. Um, so with that being said, we kind of like talked about um, throughout all this, like Dev, Domulak, like the student, the person. And now we're going to talk about DC things. <clears throat> and one of the questions I have is like, who essentially is DC things? What does, what does he mean to you? What, what, like, yeah. What does he mean to you? What does he mean? What do you want him to mean to other people? Okay, well, this is gonna sound stupid, but- um, <laughs> Nothing's ever stupid, mm. no. I think, very literally, like, DC Sings is me. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the art, I think now that I'm trying to make is like, I, I use music as a vessel for like my humanity, if you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Like my, my pain and my happiness, my joy, my sorrow, all of that is encompassed in this, I like in this music that I make. Um, I don't like the idea of celebrity I don't like the idea of having a persona. DC Sings is just yeah. me. It's me to the extent of like, this is what I like. This is what I need for myself. And I'm fortunate enough to like have my words like resonate with other people as well. Um, yeah, I guess like, like not being DC Sings would probably make my life like much different, I guess I would say. Um, if I, I did not put myself out there and make that music, I don't think I would have, I think I would have always spent my life regretting it. But the fact that like that did happen, like it's, it's something that I'm proud of myself for, you know, like, mm -hmm. I put my heart on the line for other people and then they supported me and they showed me that support, which is, that's been so, so huge. So DC Sings, we can say, and you correct me if I'm taking this the wrong way. It's kind of like just <clears throat> like a reflection of who you are and you want, and what do you want people to feel about your music? What do you want them to take away from it? I think my, my honest hope is that when people hear my music, that it resonates, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to, like, go through these emotions and, like, mm -hmm. feel these things. And, you know, like, even if you're the kind of person that, like, doesn't want to feel those things, I'll feel it for you. And you can listen to this, and you don't have to say anything. All you have to do is listen and feel it. And it's okay. Like there is someone else out there who, even though it's not the exact same experience, knows 
and has empathy in what you're going through. That's what I guess my biggest hope is, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I think one of the most powerful things about music, especially your music, is that you have the ability to understand someone, like you said, whether it be a different situation or not, you know? And you give that listener a certain, um, you give that listener a person, uh, a person that listens to them for music, you know? And whether it be they just enjoy it in general or they like really, really resonate with it. Like, I think it's the best thing. And like, when I see people like, listen to your music or hear other people listen to your music I find that like the best thing ever like knowing that I go to the same school as someone like who has the ability to do these things you know like Joseph and I and I'm sure the rest of everyone else in KP is very much proud of you and everything that you've done so far so we really appreciate everything that you've done we heard these things <laughs> like I, it blows my mind some okay I have like friends or like okay no it's not my, uh well he's my friend but like my girlfriend's cousin who's from the like okay my, my girlfriend's cousin from the philippines and he came over and i knew i met him and blah 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 and my girlfriend would like take a picture because you know on spotify like you can like look at on the right on your desktop and like see people listening and he'll look she would look through like his playlist and she she saw like dc sings and i was like like that is my like if you think that's mind-blowing like to like your music to like reach like people in the philippines and even like people all over the world and like just be heard like that and like be listened to and like people to like resonate with that music like that has to feel like you know and like rewarding for you like it has to feel like you know of course you're not doing it for anyone but like but, but yourself you know like like you know it's I mean, you're also doing it for other people. I, I didn't mean like that, but like, you know, I hope people get what I'm trying to say. But it's like, <laughs> DC Sings is like, good. You're you, but like, and you do it for like your love of music and as a reflection of who you are. But it's all like, but you hope that people like resonate with it. And it must be like amazing to feel like, you know, these people are like, you don't know people, you connect, like you're connecting people to like how you feel. And like, you're helping them think about things and feel things that, you know, and make them feel comfortable and make them feel all right, you know? And that's such like, it's an amazing power to have. And like, like Eric said, we're proud of you for like all that, especially what you've done throughout your life. I think simply put, for those who are listening right now, um, Dev's music really reaches anyone and anything, you know? It, it's, give it a listen and you'll know what we're talking about. So if you haven't already, hit up our boy, DC Sings, Spotify, SoundCloud, what other platforms you <laughs> Yep. Thank you. Thank you and so much for all of your kind work. Of course. I'm gonna transition to our, like, kind of like our last two questions and I'll, take a crack at the second and last one um when everything is said and done how would you like to be remembered there's no like specific like format like saying like oh like 
I'll have to perform as like a lawyer help or blah, 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 blah. Or like, it doesn't have to be like a job or anything. It just has to be like, you know, what, what is so important to you that you want this to be people's like fond memory of you, you know? Like when they hear, when they think about you, when they hear you, they think of this first and foremost. I think, I think I would, I would hope that people would remember me as someone who, you know, I don't want to say that. <laughs> um, I hope that they would remember me as someone who advocates for vulnerability, advocates for learning, advocates for being wrong, being a human being, what that means in like in its entirety, you know. Um, I hope like when people see my name, like, like Dumulak, like you know what that means, right? It's push. Yes, like the way that I think about it is like, I have spent my entire life pushing myself mentally. You know, we have, we, we all have struggles as human people. And, you know, I've, I've been able to make this trek through all of these obstacles that I have so far. And with what I'm trying to do, I hope people can understand that like, I have, much love to give and much care to give and i hope that people understand that for me yeah sorry i mean there's like cameras in the background but anyway yeah. um it's a great point sorry <laughs> 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 okay um what is one advice you'd have liked someone to give to you in high school and is, what is a message you would like to give to your future self i wish me in high school could just see me Mm-hmm. you know because I like I look at myself in the mirror every day and I'm like I never imagined that I would have looked like this mm-hmm. or like have been like this level of confident mm-hmm. or built my knowledge in such a way um I wish I could tell him that he would be okay mm-hmm. that he can do it that it's a small little blip in his life in relation to the rest of its you know span um to my future self i hope i hope healing is going well um i hope that that you are happy i hope that you are continuing to care for yourself um and prioritize your needs, listening to yourself intuitively. I hope you keep pushing, you know, because that's what we do. That's what we do as the Morlocks, like, you know. But yeah. Wow, I love that. Mm. 
All right. Um, so announcements. Thank you, Dev, for everything that you've said, have done, have contributed to not only this podcast, but KP in general. But anyway, moving on to announcements. Um, where is it? Oh, there it is. Announcements. Lolex and Apo apps are due October 30th, 11.59, which is tonight. So do not forget. Um, fall AKA is November 6th from, I believe, 5 to 8. So contact Ali Lim for that. And 805 Collab is happening the day after at 7 p.m. So contact Mel, our external affairs chair. All right. Like Eric said, I would thank Dev being such a great guest. Learned so much, not just about you, but culture and just a lot of things. And I hope people take a lot from that. And all right, let's do our fierce goodbye. Fierce cat. Uh, oh, fierce cat. <laughs> this is your Fierce. Fierce. Fierce.